Welcome back to the Transcending Tuesday podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and today with me are Joseph, Brennan, and Chase. And today we are talking about the topic of Earth, environmental, and space. Um, very crazy topic for you environmentalists out there and for you futurists out there. I don't know if that's a word, might, might just sure, be a word. Uh, who kind of think what our world might look like in a thousand years from now uh, and if potentially we go to space. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have Joseph start us off. What do you think, bro? Sure. Um, I think the probably the more interesting way to breach this topic would be to, uh, I guess, just get an assessment on how optimistic or pessimistic are you guys of the general ecological state of the planet within the next mm. millennium, yeah. if you will. Maybe even just half a millennium, 500 yeah. years, expecting like something more along the lines of like a wasteland that's barely inhabitable, mm. something that is somewhat recognizable, but we've adapted to in some sense, or maybe something that you know, we just kind of have kept green. Yeah. What do you yeah. guys expect? You know, that's, that's difficult, difficult, at least for me. Because, I mean, I imagine that it's going to get better given that we're actually making a lot of efforts out there to present what the condition of the Earth looks like. Um, but at the same time, with our technological advances, I would love to see, like, at least I want to be optimistic in the sense that I would love to see just us being able to move forward and take the Earth with us, and able to grow humanity and grow the Earth. And learning how to actually sustain an environment will be helpful for future conversation here about the future of inhabiting other planets, learning to potentially terraform and stuff like that. So I'm optimistic. I feel like we kind of have to go in a direction that is more um, ecological friendly in order to understand how we can push that beyond Earth. Right. Right. I see. So just kind of like growing in parallel with the planet. Yeah. Hopefully working in tandem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and I'm a little hippie dude. So I'm yeah. Like, hey, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I would say probably I'm like, I'm kind of, I feel like kind of both. I feel sort of optimistic about it and pessimistic just based on like how like tough our situation is right now, at least yeah. globally in terms of like, you know, I know we definitely need to sh like shift away from all the carbon emissions that we're emitting and, you know, zero carbon emissions would be the goal, right? And go for a completely clean energy and a clean future, but the transition to that is the difficult part. It's, it's oh, sure. transitioning from the old system to something that's new, and yeah. how do we make that possible without completely ruining the lives of the people that live now, right? Yeah. because you're like, you're giving up now a huge part of, I guess, now, I guess, and however, in some of the ways that things have been proposed to change for, like, the future. No kitty cat. And, yeah. <laughs> we have a little yeah. visitor. This is a visitor. Anyway, this is our cat. Uh, what's his name, Brennan? She, she is Midnight. Midnight. Because she's all black. Yeah. So, so this is Makes also sense. another part of our transcending crew. She's a new member. But so. for you, all of you who are listening on Spotify, we are uploading a video so you'll be able to see what she looks she's like, but she's cute. Don't don't let her take from the communal <laughs> wall. <laughs> no, anyway, um... Okay. okay. Hold on. Let me, I'll, I'll try to... Maybe wrap up this Sure. Later. Yeah, um, totally. So, yeah. Optimistic about, like, the fact that I think we have the potential to do it. We have the technology to make it happen. Uh, I'm pessimistic on sort of the way we get there in terms of how are we going to get everybody to collaborate on it. Right. And mm, that's a big one. do it in a way that is 
not gonna like kill people now to save right. potential people later or something like that. I mean, that gives some of, like the energy changes. That I mean, that kind of gives you the idea. The whole question of would you sacrifice a few people now to save the lives of millions, billions of people in the future, or you know, that, I mean, that kind of right. potentially brings or up potentially that question. Save the lives yeah, or potentially save the lives of millions yeah. by sacrificing, you know, some things and people here now. Um, but for me personally, I think. I don't know. I'd say I'm a little bit about both as well. I think, yeah, like zero admission is, you know, 100% the goal. That's that's what we want to in our future. Just be clean. Everything is. But like, to be completely honest, I mean, we've been trying for, you know, I mean, for the past, what, 20, 30 years, you know, I'd say of trying to like really push that. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to get there. That's like a, right. like, like a 110% renewable, like everything and just making sure everything is clean. That's hard to get to. That's not an easy task to achieve mm -hmm. for anybody in the world, like for any government, for any form of like life form, would you say, is that really, you know, super easy to, to get to, but I'd say, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to, like, literally, seriously go in so, such an alignment with what Brendan had to say, because, like, I just, like, what you said was, like, true. I mean, I guess you, you took the words out of my mouth saying that, because it's, it's true, mm -hmm. you know? But right. yeah. what about you, Joseph? What do you think? I think I, I take on probably a more pessimistic model of what I expect to occur in that, I don't suppose what you guys have said couldn't happen. I mean, I think the, the one example of people figuring things out very quickly and doing something about it was the whole ozone crisis we had in the 90s to where, um, you know, we had that, that hole develop and we discovered that, I believe it was Freon chemical we were secreting into the air yeah. and we just kind of put a stop to it. I mean, it was a boat in the UN, if I'm not mistaken, and we agreed to stop using it and you know, now our ozone layers mostly fine again but I think what makes me inclined to believe that we won't solve uh, the current ecological disasters we're causing is, uh, is it's more of a long haul if you will um, the ozone crisis was something that was imminent and it could be repaired imminently and there was a very like clear and defined uh, point of no return whereas we're kind of like almost slowly killing ourselves right. in, in tandem with this current issue and based on the current profit and competition model that <laughs> nice uh, the current like profit and competition model that countries have with each other and with themselves, I don't see why anyone would make any reasonable cost costly attempts to slow this train down before it hits something. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, right. I think um, like the perfect example of that right now is uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the whole permafrost concepts. Actually, I don't think I have. Okay. So basically, um, I don't know if there's any in the southern hemisphere, but in the northern hemisphere, northern Siberia and Russia, Canada, uh, like Iceland, Greenland portions, um, there's this thing called permafrost, and it's essentially this deeply packed ice with large amounts of carbon trapped underneath it. Oh, and yeah, it has to remain constantly under 32 degrees Fahrenheit in order to remain compacted. We've raised the average global temperature 1.1 degrees Celsius since the 1990s, if I'm not mistaken. And once that target hits 1.6, according to the Paris Climate 
cord, um, it's going to start melting at a more rapid rate. And when that melts, it doesn't go back because it's kind of like water in a river to where like you have to really get water in a river cold before it starts melting over because it's moving. Yeah. Right. Not exactly the same principle, but it kind of yeah. works like that. But once okay. it cracks open, carbon releases from underneath it and some methane, which is um, 85 times worse in terms of a emission standard. Sure. <laughs> um, really bad. But that causes more greenhouse effect, which will cause the essentially the, the, the atmosphere to uh, hold in more um, the opposite of ultraviolet um, infrared lights, which yeah. essentially adds heat to the planet, which causes more right. permafrost to melt, rinse, repeat. And we've already started that train, and it's not really going to cause very many problems until it's well past the point of return. Right. And so I don't know what we're going to do about that. We have the Paris Climate Accords, which is a general agreement right. amongst nations to reduce emissions. Um, however, we've not been hitting the target. Right. Um, yeah, and so, are, are, is China and India even included in that? Are they part of that? I believe India is. I don't know if China plays game. Because um, China's emissions are one of the largest, I'm pretty sure. Right, anything over that hemisphere, when you have, when you start reaching a city of a billion people, right. obviously their emissions are crazy. Yeah. Right. Then we even interpret as, like, over in the United States, I mean, we think our emissions are crazy. And I mean, it, obviously, it's high. But when you start thinking about, like, a more, way more densely populated area that is smaller per se, and then you have a lot more people in a generalized area like a city yeah. like they have, then obviously theirs is a lot more. But maybe they're doing right? something about it that is under the books that we see. So maybe, you know, we're over here with our Paris Accords, but they're over there with their own thing trying to figure out how can they personally, you know, make less admissions. It's, it's funny you bring that up because I don't know much about it, but they have been known to play a lot of like weather experimentation games. Mm-hmm. Like they do a lot of uh, cloud seeding. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That brings up an interesting question. I'm curious, do you guys think that we have capability to control the weather to some degree? Oh, 110%. We Actually, have a government program we called NORAD oh. that does at least say they do like some cloud seeding experiments in Alaska. Interesting. I believe I'm telling the oh. truth. And there was somebody, I don't remember, you know, play O to Instagram, but there was this, there was this <laughs> person um, who, who I saw a video when I was scrolling. It was like a reel, but it was from a documentary. It was like a section of a documentary that was, you know, probably like two, early 2000s or so um, of this guy. And he was like, you know, he had the whole, like, this is where they make clouds. And it was like this giant, enormous, like huge, like factory basically. Um, and it's like they literally produce clouds like this. And they produced it not for the art, well, yeah, for the art of controlling weather, of course, but it was mainly for the the southern states of the United States, like, um, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, um, Dryer, Oklahoma, things like that. We're going through a drought, Texas. And they're like, they need rainfall. So they created this so that these clouds would be formed so that then it would it would rain. That's crazy. So, so cool. it would rain over like those places that had droughts. Yeah. So yeah. like they were basically like, we have a drought. We can create these clouds and make it not a drought, basically. Right. So they did have that. And that was like early 2000s. Yeah. How, how, far have, how far have they taken it now? Yeah. I'm not, you know, completely yeah. sure. But I'd say pretty, probably pretty far. They're probably relatively good at it. Do you guys think that 
with our experimentations with weather and our environments in order to kind of help our own needs, such as rainfall in farmlands, do you think there is going to be some sort of um, negative repercussion to messing with nature? Oh, absolutely. I there, think there so. always is. Yeah, I feel like... There's too, many, there's moving, too yeah. many moving variables. We, we try, we try, but again, like, I mean, we you hear this saying all the time, Mother Nature, right? Yeah. I mean, but like you can't control things like you we can't control everything that's not that's yeah. not our human capability we're not that you know, not that guy <laughs> you know? i would argue yet but yeah, I, at I'd least say, for now, I mean okay but everything is not a 99.99% variable of anything you can get pretty close okay you could get pretty close but okay. you're not going to be 110% fully be able to control something sure you know yeah, nature wise because because it's like we can we can predict things and you know that was the breakthrough back when we started being able to tell weather you know yeah. and I mean even still now weather we don't always get it basically right basically horribly <laughs> wrong but yeah. but like know. you know right yeah. but it's like better than it used to be and it continues right. to get better but harnessing something that basically essentially comes from nothing yeah. if you will for like example wind i mean we made fans right we're not creating wind with fans you're yeah. just directing wind yeah. with fans you know what i'm saying so like we can do things to maybe like direct things but as an essence of creating something i'm not sure i don't think so a really interesting question hmm. okay. for all of you guys. Do you think that at some point in the future of humanity, we will be able to conquer nature? No. Absolutely. You what do you think, yeah, Brandon? I don't know. Define I mean, conquer. Does that mean fully understand or be able to fully manipulate? So no, fully manipulate. All right. I don't know, man. Like, this life itself is so complex in terms of, like, like we wish we had the capabilities of something that, like, some plants can do on our planet. Exactly. We don't understand how to even make that work kind of within our own creative capacity. Granted, you know, you know, maybe given enough technological advancement, if, if we make it, that stuff might be possible, especially with, like, quantum computing and what's happening there. Yeah. Like, I definitely think there's a lot of possibility in terms of, like, trying to recreate what life like plant life that potentially can do um and i was even thinking like kind of going back to what joseph was saying about sort of that permafrost and having like this timeline example maybe like since we're talking about new technology we need a new form of energy right there's a recent breakthrough with fusion where they just managed to get a fusion reaction that produced more energy than went in Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, remember that? Uh, vaguely. I didn't read like, into it much, but... I don't know if you guys ever saw it in the news or whatever. California, but right? But it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, like, the, the fusion reaction before that point always used up more energy than it created. Right. right? I'm pretty sure fusion... Is, it, I'm pretty sure it's something along the lines of shooting two atoms... And it yeah, so actually, let me... Uh, kind of explode or something or fuse together yeah. and create... So just for you, for the people who don't know what fusion is, over in, I mean, they have a few of them around, you know, the world, but one of the biggest ones is over in Germany, I I think, um, where there's a nuclear fuse, fuser, I guess you could call it, that's basically the entire country, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, the collider, where basically what the whole premise of this is, is it's super deep underground, (laughs) and a bunch of scientists waddle their way down there, basically say, (laughs) we want to, we want to make, we want to make some energy, or 
we want to see if something happens if we smash two atoms or two you know particles subatomic particles not subatomic particles oh, that's together fission. that's fusion fusion um, fission fusion, fusion it's one of those right I, I, I get that. <laughs> they're so close yeah. I know fusion, guys I, I know we're one not scientists yes yeah, so no. we're not we do not claim to be scientists there was a breakthrough in either fission or fusion yeah one of the two where they were actually able to get a reaction that created more energy than went into making it and it takes happen. so much energy to right. and get that yeah what they had to do to make it so obviously the, the, the thing now they know it's possible so now they have to you know, compact it or make it manageable so that it can be used not in a massive collider yeah. for one but a tiny and then one two on make it more efficient right so if it's just barely possible or more probable a lot more possible yeah a lot more probable to be able to energy that. we create from the reaction yeah. but that's a potential <laughs> and then there's also nuclear right uh, I, I wish there was a, a bit more of like a nuclear push that's happening because mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe a combination of nuclear and fission or something could be our green future right that could be our potential for energy yeah I would definitely make a, a plug there personally I, I think a lack of understanding of nuclear power is one of the biggest political tragedies there is out there there has not been a singular nuclear accident in a western country ever every single yeah. failure has either occurred because Japan built them where tsunamis occur or the Soviet Youth Union built them with trying to cut every corner they could mm-hmm. since right, then yeah. not a single one has melted down but there's still a ton I've seen it from all sides of the political aisle even the Green Party itself of a fear that it is new, uh, environmentally disastrous and right. I think it's kind of sad because I do understand there's a massive startup cost for it but it is carbon neutral right. and yeah. it is and far more far more effective than solar yeah. it's it, far more effective it's one of those things where it's like we have to get worse before we can actually yeah. potentially get better with our things and it's like, it's like you have to stop. make sure to because there's such a push in, in, in the world that we live in especially in the western culture um, the USA primary uh, primarily not primary um, anyway um, of like go solar go green go you know whatever it's like well we want to do that but we need to the only way to potentially reach even close to being that is a lot of like like um, I can't think of the word but just getting worse before we get better like we have to use yeah, it's an upfront cost you're right yeah. you know well, absolutely I mean I think a lot of Good political policies are like that, and because we have a four-year election model, it's kind of hard to find people who will run on the premise of, yeah, let me uh, my my entire entire senatorial run, let me make your country worse, right. so the next guy can make it better. Like, nobody exactly. does right. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, will we ever will we ever see that unless a candidate is willing to do that? Do you do you think so? I don't know. <laughs> it beats me, man. <laughs> I don't think it fits corporate interest either, to right. be honest. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know like what oil conglomerates do behind the scenes, but I bet you they have a massive financial interest in making sure that nuclear and green alternatives don't see a rise. Mm-hmm. Just a guess. It's like, again, I don't know that. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. I mean... What were you saying? I was going to say, back to the question of your guys' disagreement, I want to hear, oh, like, shit. why do you guys think, uh, why do you think, Brian, that we're not going to conquer nature, ever? Well, the other way you put it, what was the other way you put it? Like, be able to harness it? Master. Yeah, uh, master control it, subdue it. Oh, master. Full control over it, yeah. Oof. Uh, I would say no, because 
no matter how good our instruments are for testing something or you know no matter how good our instruments are for predicting something will we ever actually be able to 100% predict something which means there's no 100% be able to control something that you can't predict mm -hmm. it's like you uh, what would be an example of something that like you would just you try to harness but you can't predict like for example uh, I guess this is like a worse, this is not a good example, but cars, for example, like you're driving down the ho highway, highway, down the highway, like you, you don't know if you're going to crash, that you can't predict that, mm -hmm. but maybe something somewhere, because there's, you know, some ice on the road, you crash. You, that's not something you can harness, you know, that's not something that you can easily predict. You can go in with the idea of, I'm not going to crash, like everything's fine until you're in that situation, you know what I'm saying? And it kind of goes the same thing with like nature like tornadoes for example yeah i mean we have what's the entire basically centralized united states is you know the the tornado alley as they call it you know but like because that's like where a majority of our tornadoes you know occur like we know that that's something that we can concur that's something that we can predict but where might they show up in a given time? You know, it only it takes a split couple minutes for a tornado to completely touch down to Earth. And it's like, you can't harness that in those couple of minutes unless we were to create something so particular and so, like, uh, just so close to something yeah. that it could be able to predict it and harness it right away. Almost like an exact measurement. Like, almost like an exact measurement. We can get close, but close isn't exact. You know. What do you think, Joseph? Well, I guess I, I mean, in the way that you're putting it, if you're stating that mastery is an absolute 100% ability to control everything about it, then sure, yeah, I agree. There's always, there's probably, there's always going to be statistical flukes and whatnot. Right. I think the the reasonable definition of mastery is just overwhelming control. Yeah. So like, if, if you're able to stop an event 99.99% of the times. I would argue that you've mastered it. Right. So, like, if, if we're going by your definition, then, yeah, I agree with you. Where right. There's always going to be flukes. Right. But I do think that, ultimately, I... I can't say I can infer exactly how, you know, souls work or how the divine works or whatnot, but at least from a materialistic perspective, everything can be studied, understood, tested, verified, repeated, falsified, and you can pick apart everything on a molecular level at some point, and with, you know, kind of like you were saying, maybe, maybe with quantum uh, computing technology running, we will achieve a point where we'll have systems at hand that can predict most anything at any given point. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> car is nature, right? Yeah. So in that example, you're still controlling it. It's just the risks that are associated with controlling it. Ah, in right. The analogy, yeah, right? that's true. So you're in your analogy, you're controlling nature. It's just there's there might be unforeseen risks that come with controlling nature. Right. right. So again, yeah. like yeah, and then we have to define what we mean by controlling nature. Do we exactly. Mean by controlling all weather at all times. Or do we mean, or do we mean like just being able to? I don't know, simulate what life can do. Right. But we can create that. We can do that. I feel like it's and just... in some sense, we can already do that. We do that sure, with bacterial yeah. cultures all the time. Yeah, right. So in some sense, we've mastered things on a single cell level. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and I mean, obviously, going back to the clouds thing, like, we, we've been able to create clouds, you know, and, and for droughts and things like that. Like, but, again, yeah, that's... I guess that's a really 
thank you for the putting that. I didn't realize that. I was like, yeah, we can control things. We can control the bacterial things. That's something we've been able to control or, or try to anyway. The clouds, we've been able to figure out how to create clouds so we didn't have to go through drought. Those are things that we control. We're driving the car. You know, yeah. we're going from A to B. Mm -hmm. But what if there's just a hiccup right right smack in the middle of the road that you can't get past? For example, how like here's here's a minor example. Do you think we'll ever be able to control a tsunami? Or do you think we'll ever be able to control a hurricane? Yes and yes. Okay, explain. <laughs> well, I just think that, I mean, just the weaponry we have alone right now, we can make a tsunami happen with a nuclear bomb. Okay. Surely we could stop one with a nuclear bomb. I don't mean that in a condescending way at all. I just mean that, like, if we have precision-guided missiles, I'm sure we could manipulate water in such a manner that we could meet a force with an equal and opposite force. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I, I agree. So yeah. fire with fire. Yeah, fire with fire, if you will. Or, yeah. but to reach those means would take a lot of not only manpower, but economic power. What countries mm -hmm. would go into each other's back pocket to be able to be like, let's just dig what we have, put it all in a pool, and try to be able to create something so huge, so massive, to be able to manipulate what we're what things already like happen what things already occur true you know so there is obviously that one point where it's like yeah i'm sure we could uh, if you're asking if we physically can yeah i think the united states military can do just about anything it wants but <laughs> yeah from yeah. a from a logistical and um yeah it's one of those things where it's like absolutely. yeah i feel like it's just like yeah these things are possible these things are tensious these things could happen but what countries would actually sit down and, and, and get this working? Yeah, fair point. Absolutely. Bad the tsunami gets. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. It's like, all right, guys, it's either missiles in the bay or we're done. <laughs> missiles in the bay or we're done. <laughs> I mean, have you guys ever seen that uh, that movie, 2012? Oh, yeah. It came out in 2012. Oh, for, you. for those of you who have not seen it, oh, man. everybody thought the, the world. A national treasure. Dude, it is. Everybody thought that movie, like, 2012 was the year we were all going to die. They thought this was the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They thought this was the the, the time that the world was just going to explode into shrivelings and we were going to drift off into space, not existing anymore. It didn't happen, obviously. That's 10 years ago. We're going on almost 12. Holy cow. Yeah, it's all right. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, happy New Um, that's that's almost that's a decade ago, but um, obviously it didn't happen. But the whole the whole thing of the premise of the movie was these superpowers figured out. Okay, there is a there is a crisis that's going to happen. We need to put all of our energy. Like we're putting our guns down. We're putting everything down. We need to figure out how are we going to save humankind. And so like they you know the whole premise of that was like oh let's like you know build these giant ships. And I'm not going to ruin the movie for those of you who've seen it. It's just a really good movie. I'd recommend to go watch. Um, 2012 that's literally the name of the movie it's super funny but it's also super like 
potentially could happen you know yeah. um, it's one of those things where it's like you know it's not too far to reach um, but yeah, there's a, a very interesting scale that just came to mind sorry to catch you up no 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 problem yeah. go for it go I was, I was finishing myself anyway there's a, a scale Brennan you might know the name of it but it's a scale that measures civilization and like how much scale yeah oh you knew that right away he's like I know that one he's like I it's like the zero to four one, right? So um, yeah, type one, type two, type three, type four. Like civilizations on yeah. how much they can master and conquer their own stuff. And like right now, we're sitting like, yeah, power and how much you can harness. Yeah. yeah, right now we're sitting at something like a... Point eight. Yeah, like a yeah. point eight. But like tier one, a tier one civilization has like mastery over a planet. And so you have like control, full control over the resources and the planet's atmosphere and everything that goes on within it. And then tier two is its solar system. You have control and enough energy to basically run a solar system and then tier three goes up to a galaxy and then i think tier four goes up to the universe yes or like self- that. Oh, that sounds galaxies, right i think yeah multiple, multiple oh you know i know it's a it's a, cl- a super cluster uh, oh a cluster of galaxies yes. got it yeah and then there's like a tier five which is kind of like universe and there's like a tier six if you dare to yeah. transcend <laughs> beyond what our universe transcend the sun are. and we're gonna harness every star in the freaking multiverse in the multiverse yeah. we're going to the upside down we're picking <laughs> It all out. Everything. Yeah, I, I think it's like two. That's the source of some. That's when you can use things like the um, Dyson, the Dyson, Dyson sphere. sphere. The Dyson sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The, 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 the sun's energy by having like panels essentially around yeah. the whole sun or like a dome enclosing it. Yeah. I think more likely it would be like separate panels like satellites that would just cover sort of like the whole exterior kind of harness. Section of the sun, if you yeah. will. Yeah. So that leads to the go us our topic into space which this one is something i'm very super curious about um what do you guys think i mean we're what we're a point eight you said into into the tier one that's almost a that's almost a full you know first tier and we've already started trying the exploration of planets and livable things in the planets what do you guys see ourselves? I mean, you, you, you got guys like Elon Musk, you know, Jeff Bezos, people who are, um, like, big into the um, space race. I mean, the space race right, back yeah. then is completely different than the space race now. The space race now is like, who can get the first human to live on Mars? So what do you guys think about Mars and livable things like that into the... Into I the, wouldn't be the first uh, one, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think absolutely. it's pretty cool on this planet. I think it'd be pretty boring over there. But, right. uh, Probably. Overall, I, I think we have the capability of it. Actually, I would kind of agree with Joseph's point of like, I think with enough time and... <laughs> I guess human power we would be able to pretty much conquer anything if we had to right and so going to Mars I think okay we can like terraform it we can actually create their own environment but in a sense I almost don't want to you don't want to I almost feel like there's something that about the earth that is just oh how do I put it not worthy of control or not we're not worthy to control it it's its own like entity and to cage it up okay. and to actually try to manipulate it feels wrong to me inside right. okay it feels like it's something to appreciate and coexist with versus something to cage and manipulate so right. with that said i know that we can definitely do that going forward but for me and mars I feel like that would be fun as like a tourist attraction. <laughs> like, hey, let's go to Mars. But yeah. overall, I think 
being able to connect with the earth and this is hippie chuck <laughs> you know but hippie chuck's to be out. able to like actually learn from our environments and how peaceful it is like there's a lot of people out there that still believe like the earth and nature is evil and it causes a lot of death in humanity and that like if a wolf kills a bunny it's very sad but it's like a natural order of things and it's like fascinating and i think it stems from our idea of fearing death in some way where death right. is just natural but mm-hmm. i'm curious of what you guys think about like what would what do you guys think about how we should coexist with Earth in order to create to uh, go into Mars? Because I know some of you guys definitely like the idea of Mars. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I would say, like, I don't know how confident I am in our ability to terraform a planet to form an environment like we have on Earth. I mean, life is already here on such a razor's edge. Like, all the variables, all the constants in the universe, all everything that, like, specifically for Earth also, everything is so balanced. Yeah. Like, I feel like actually recreating that using, like, our tools would be so difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, 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 like, imagining in my head, like, us trying to get the balance of, like, oxygen and nitrogen in the atmosphere, and, like, I can already see just, like, massive storms destroying everything that we already have on the planet, and, like, I just see all these issues of us, like, trying to recreate this environment, and it's, it's sort of like you're saying, it's almost like sort of like a sacred thing in terms of, like, it's so perfectly put together that I, I, I at least just see difficulty and just completely... At least terraforming, I think, would be difficult. But I think it's definitely possible for sort of like, you know, working with, I don't know, like capsules or like things that can like, sort of like the ways that we thought about living there now in terms of like setting up, setting up pods or things like that. Not necessarily trying to mesh the environment to what we want, but bringing stuff so that we can integrate into the environments and survive within it. But that comes with its own challenges. Mine all the very nice juicy metals. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that that's a very interesting concept to explore is, like, we kind of already, like, hashed over this a little bit, but, like, how good is our ability to play with these variables and whatnot? Because in some sense, yeah, absolutely, we are on the razor's edge. But in another sense, they're still within that razor's edge, if you will. We are so small that we can stand on that edge, and there's room within that edge. Yeah. There's obviously like a falling off point and whatnot, but maybe this is my one point of optimism, but I, I do think that with enough trial and error, we eventually would get terraforming right. But yeah. I think, I mean, just knowing how humans are, I absolutely would expect like a whole like season of time where we are causing storms, messing things up, yeah. blowing things up. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be possible. I think it would be difficult. Yeah. Initially, maybe. Mm. But, like, maybe if you figured it out, kind of, and get, like, a system down, yeah. then, yeah. Maybe yeah. so, but, I mean, there's, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just the We're kind of speculating a lot. Yeah. So, like, what would we be able to capable of doing, but that's what yeah. we're here for. So, yeah, but, yeah. I think, I don't know, it would just be... I've heard some interesting things about, I don't know anything about terraforming hardly, but the possibility of doing it to Mars is interesting because comparatively, I need almost anything else we've ever witnessed. It's so close right. compared to, you know, something like, um, what's the one close to the sun? Mercury. Mercury, Mercury like, half right. a battle on Venus. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a viable option in our solar system. I think that's what I think. I think so, and then one of Saturn's moons actually has a borderline breathable 
atmosphere. It's too cold, but um, oh. it has almost a breathable atmosphere, which is very interesting. Oh, wow. so and it granted, it has like 57 moons, but right. one of them's almost good. Hey, and Mars has, they think Mars has water. Most people think Mars has water underground. Yeah, in, I've been hearing that since I was like four. Like I'm just waiting for the big day yeah, they, they, they announce it. Like come on. Saying it, like I'm assuming that it's true. I guess at this point because I've heard it so many times. Well, I think yeah. they've they've found like traces of like I think like ice deep within the crust, if I'm not mistaken. Or they at least like think yeah. that's what they're picking up on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Detection signals. Could be speculation. Because it always seems like they're like kind of sure they have it. Yeah. I don't know. I should, I should look that one up. Yeah, it'd be good to know. It'd be really dope like, I think it's one of those things like I to put my input in. I think um, it's I think it's viable to put somebody on Mars eventually hmm. to be able to yeah start a civilization from nothing would be very 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 difficult. I mean, we have, like, I think it has to come in sections. Like, the whole idea has to be in sections. Okay, the first section, how are we even going to get a man to Mars? That's what you got to figure out before you even start thinking about building something on Mars. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course we can, like, of course, like, we can potentially, if we're there, figure out how to harness, you know, you know mine precious metals, get it, you know, yeah. and we have to, but... You gotta start at step one. I think a lot of these people are just like, so like, I'm gonna build a civilization on Mars. Okay, but how? Because yeah. not only no. you gotta ship people there, but because you literally have nothing there, you'd have to ship people with like a bunch of stuff from here. Infrastructure. Infrastructure. People who actually know how to build stuff. Yeah. You know, you'd have to basically put a civilization on Mars to build a civilization. Yeah. On Mars, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like it's just one of those things. Where it's like, okay, well, start at one step, you know, move. But like, it's it's something that I don't think I think we have the potential to reach eventually. But as in the means of, should we? Should we? Yeah, I think for the precious metals. For the precious metals. For the precious metals. I think that's like the the question that I deal with the most is, should we? Um, because I'm very, I've been very back and forth um, in the past years where it's like, oh, we totally have the power to do so eventually. I believe in humanity. I believe we can actually develop enough to conquer the entire galaxy, if not the universe. Yeah. Maybe that's just a lot of optimism. But I, and why not? I mean, if we are beings that have sentience, can we somehow be able to cater to the universe and actually help the universe in some sense? Can we learn more about the universe so that we can actually take more proper ethical steps? Like right now, are our ethical steps just very puny compared to the grand scheme of things? Can we do more in the future to our grand scheme of things? Right, yeah. But um, at the same time, I look at, I suppose, what we have here, and I've been doing a lot of research on, like, ancestry and, like, how people have survived, especially, like, Native Americans I've been hearing a lot about, um, and how their communities thrive through just cooperating with nature. Not cooperating with nature, but absolutely respecting nature and its power, and mm -hmm. it seems like just such a lovely, loving community to me, and it speaks to me in a sense where I think, are we supposed to tamper with anything? If we have a purpose, in some sense, from some 
greater being, like, why are we here? Is our purpose to coincide with Earth? Is Earth trying to teach us a lesson? And so, mm-hmm. what do you guys think about all those things tossed out? That begs the final question. Is there, like, a, any supernatural element to what we're doing in the cosmos? I think so. Yeah. I'm a, like, again, I'm a Christian, so I believe that there is a higher power that has cadence over everything in the seeable and non-seeable mm-hmm. universe. I mean, I believe that he created it all. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's some cadence to him being able to control everything. As in the aspect of can we help? I don't think we can help at all. I think it is what it is right now. And there's no way that we're going to viably help anything in the universe unless we try to manipulate it for ourselves. That's not helping. That's taking you know yeah and so so it's like one of those things but, but i suppose under your viewpoint then and like what our purpose is in your beliefs um do you feel like it's ethical of us to conquer earth and the cosmos i think it's uh, yeah do you think that's something that like god would want i don't i mean i can't answer that because i'm not god obviously that's but i think i think it'd be fine I don't think there's anything that's... Obviously, I believe that he gave us the minds to accomplish the things that we've accomplished. I think that there's ideas for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think there's steps in that direction for a reason. So, like, my thought is, yeah, I mean, if we can get a man on Mars, if we can start exploring and sending people outside of our seeable universe to explore, why not, you know? Yeah. But also it comes with risks risks that are obviously human risks. Um, but I don't think there's any problem with exploring the wonderful creations of God, you know, personally. Because um, all of these, all this for me and you personally, all this is here for a reason. So, I mean, I mean, we look up and we see millions of stars, like, why not try to go get close to one? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Why not go look at right. another planet, even if we you know we will have to use you know the best technology in the future that we can, you know, whatever. Yeah. But why not? You know. Right. That's yeah. not. It's not like. That's not like degrading God in any way. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that you know it's it's a horrible thing. Uh, again, I can't answer mm-hmm. God if he would want that or not, but I also don't think that it's not a not a wanting thing either mm. you know mm-hmm. but for me personally I think we very much should keep exploring keep keep seeing keep diving into things that are you know beyond our reach now right, right on you know? yeah. yeah yeah I mean I think I would agree to an extent in terms of like I don't see anything wrong in terms of like exploring and wanting to um I don't have feeling that there's like this natural drive for exploration and feel, I feel like it's eventually going to happen, you know, and um, whether we're a part of that or not, you know, we're, we're, we personally probably won't be a part of that in any way, but as a humanity as a collective, I think it's in, it's sort of inevitable in terms of just our trajectory and just in terms of like what we desire. Um, and in terms of like with Earth and just with nature itself, it, I think for, I think at least to have people more ecologically minded, you first have to 
lift them out of poverty. You first have to get yeah. them to a place where they can care about other things other than their immediate needs and their own survival, right? And still the majority of the world lives in poverty. The majority of the world you know, lives on less than what we make in an hour for like a week or two weeks or a month. And that's something that we need and, personally been able to experience. Right. And I've heard a lot from people, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of trying to lift people, give everybody a good life. It gives them the chance to, okay, I have this need set, this need set, this need set. Now I feel like I can be a more socially conscious person and care for the environment, right? Because you go to some of these third world countries, man, most people use burn barrels, like, because they don't have any systems to where they could deal with trash. Like, it's, it's all about increasing people's being ability to actually live for one, and then maybe we could focus more as a collective on something like keeping our environment, working to keep our environment, you know, uh, being more in community with our environment maybe, or like treating each other with the respect it deserves. So what you're saying is basically, let's figure out our problems first before we start collectively being able to. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. That is phenomenal answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. Now, granted, you know, will that be in con? Would that be in conflict with what our actions are now to help the environment? I don't know. Right? Because yeah. like, if all if our efforts are pushed into one area, that means they're not going to be as pushed in another area. Right, and now you got like this sort of teeter-totter between human well-being and environmental well-being, and we kind of have to try to manage that now, right? And so I, I don't know. I mean, in my head that makes sense, helping people, but then you know you're taking something away from helping the environment. I mean, it's I don't know. It's a it's a balance. It's it's something we gotta you gotta truly pick apart, and it's something that I don't think will ever be 100 percent. With that, I think. We're nearing our end of our episode, but I do want to hear Joseph's take on all that information. Final take. Yeah, Final take. Take. Sure. Final take on it. Go for it. Yeah. And then a word from our sponsors. Okay, yeah. From our sponsors. <laughs> well, I think, A, what you said, Brian, was probably the most important thing. And, like, it doesn't necessarily directly answer the question, but it invites, I think, the more opportune idea that, like, we, we've got a lot of other issues to sort through before, like, we start exploring the stars. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just, yeah, getting people from worrying about what's going to happen to them tomorrow is probably the best thing we can do as a planet. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to focus on the long term when, you know, a bunch of people are wondering whether they get to eat or whatnot. It's not. tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. For real. But from the more pointedly at your question, Chase, I, I don't necessarily see, like, I would see, like, our efforts on the planet and our efforts in the cosmos as not necessarily like morally positive or negative, but rather circumstantial, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I tend to view morality through the lens of like whatever does the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people, yeah. secondarily animals. Yeah. I don't know how complex yeah. they are, but whatever does them good is just in my mind good. And at some point, I think we will have to leave this egg of a planet and, you know, in some sense, put our eggs in multiple baskets because this planet won't last forever. Maybe right. it will suffer some catastrophic failure at some point, yeah. whether it's induced by us or some kind of cataclysm, a solar flare, or some kind of black swan we've never seen before. Yeah. But 
So I, I see it as a good investment to eventually get off this rock. <laughs> if sure you will. Yeah. Um, but not to abandon it. But I would say whatever is good for people is just good to do. In most I like that sense. too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we gotta get those precious metals too. Precious <laughs> metals. <laughs> Dude, you know, Dude hook me up with that. Yeah, straight up. Um. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode by Transcending Tuesdays. Yeah. It was a good episode. Thanks for sure. sitting and watching. And Absolutely. yeah, of course, this is the first episode so, you can go watch on YouTube. Um, yeah. at Transcending Tuesday on YouTube, you'll be able to be able to see. You know who's talking and stuff like that. Yeah. And with that, a word from our sponsors. This episode was brought to you by Davy Jones Locker, bro. It's insane. Whoa, bro, Davy Jones Locker. If you guys don't know Davy Jones, I suggest to go look him up at DavyJones.com. Um, Davy Jones is an amazing, has an amazing locker. Um, and I mean, that's that's what we got yeah. for you. Anyway, thank you, David Jones Locker. Thank you, yeah. listeners, for listening. And again, with that, we're signing off. Peace. Peace, Peace out. <laughs>